Good morning, everyone. We're reading in Mark's Gospel. Uh, this is part three of What is Your Story? Mark 1, verses 29 to 31. Now, as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and they tell, took him. Sorry, they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. There's an account of a siege of a city in the Old Testament where the people inside were so hungry that they were becoming cannibalistic. And by an amazing miracle, God caused a wind to blow that sounded just like the approach of an enormous army. It scared the army into abandoning the siege and they fled, leaving everything behind them, including their food. Some lepers who were excluded from being in the city because of their illness found the abandoned tents and all the food and they satisfied their own hunger, of course, first of all. Then they said one to another, we're not doing right. This day is a day of good news and we remain silent. So they went to the gate of their own city and shared the good news with their own family and friends and brought them into the benefit of what God had done. As we've already noticed, Jesus called these four men not only to follow him, but also that he was going to make them into fishers of men. As I look at this chapter, it strikes me that there are things that happened to these four that would also be true of everyone who has had the life-changing experience of meeting the Saviour. First and foremost, they desire to be with him and follow him as he'd instructed them so to do. So as, they, as we've seen, they follow him into the synagogue. And that would seem to be the obvious place to serve the Lord amongst those who read the scriptures and have an interest in the things of God. And that's absolutely right. And I believe that is so true for us. That when we come to know the Lord Jesus, we will have a desire to be where his people are and to worship God in fellowship with other believers. This is also the place, of course, where the blessing of the Lord's presence and power should be known, and it was on that occasion. I have to say there's little evidence of real blessing in many churches I know nowadays, and I believe it's because of the bad behaviour of those who call themselves Christians. We should search our hearts in the presence of God about this very thing today. However, after this, where would be the next place the Lord would lead and encourage them, and us, of course, to follow? They wanted to introduce him to those who were the nearest and dearest. In this case, of course, it was Simon and Andrew's home. And that's where we need to start in our service for the Lord. Because when we come into the true blessing of the Lord, we'll want to share him with our family and friends. In that home was a person who had a fever, desperately needing to know the healing touch of the Lord Jesus. So they come and tell him about her at once, the scripture says, or immediately. You'll want to tell the Saviour about those of your family and friends that don't, know, don't yet know his touch of blessing. That is something that 
rises up within the soul of every true believer, you want to see your family and friends saved, blessed, brought to know the Saviour. You see, one of the most wonderful things about the Christian life is that we have access to come before the very throne of the God who holds the universe in the hollow of his hand. What an enormous blessing prayer is. It is the native air of every true believer. It's what we live and breathe. But how can we come into the presence of God? It's because we come as children to a father. We know him as such, you see. When we come, when we're saved, we become the children of God and we have access, not through a mediator in the sense of, of some priest or other. We have an, immediately, an immediate access, a direct privilege to come into the presence of the living God. How, how precious that is. Scripture says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The first thing that you read about Saul of Tarsus, that is the Apostle Paul, after he was converted was, behold, he's praying. What is so beautiful here is that they bring the Lord Jesus into their home in order to tell their family about him and that they have become his followers. And as they do this, they then bring the needs of their family to the Lord and tell him about them. Of course, he already knows all about them because he knows everything. But he loves us to tell him. That's about anything and everything. You've no no doubt heard the expression, charity begins at home, meaning that our first responsibility is for the needs of our own family and friends. And also the service of the Lord always begins at home. Jesus said to his disciples before his ascension, he said, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and then in all Judea and then further afield in Samaria and then further afield again to the ends of the earth. I remember hearing about a young man once who came to the leaders of his church and told them he wanted to serve the Lord as a missionary overseas in a particular country. Their answer wasn't what he wanted to hear. They said, where and how have you been evangelising near your own home? You see, the truth is, it's easier to tell people who don't know you about the Lord Jesus than those who do know you. Because your life needs to correspond with what you're telling them. If you were to read Luke's Gospel account, the first preaching of the Lord Jesus was where he was brought up in Nazareth. They didn't receive his teaching, of course, but that's where he started, and that's where you and I need to start. It's instructive to notice that it was only after the testimony in the home that Jesus takes them into the wider field of service, the towns and villages of Galilee. But here we have a dear woman, the mother-in-law of Simon Peter. She's the person I want us to think about particularly, who became a servant of Christ and of his people simply and wonderfully because her son-in-law introduced her to him in his and her own home. How lovely. Please notice that actually, what actually happened, Jesus took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her. 
When he stretched out his hand to her, she stretched out her hand to him, and he lifted her, and immediately she was cured of her fever. Can I tell you something? You are immediately, completely, and eternally saved when you put your hand into the hand of the Saviour. You know what I mean by that, exercising faith in him and what he has done for you. There's no earning or enduring or payments to the priest or observance of religious ordinances in order to obtain his salvation. Neither is there any purgatory to experience after you die. No, it is immediate and it is eternal. In a moment, he lifted her from sickness to service, from possible death to eternal life. And praise God, he's done the same for me, and he can do the same for you. The testimony of this dear woman would undoubtedly be like the old hymn written about a century ago. All my heart to him I give, ever to him I'll cling. In his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true merits my soul's best songs. Faithful loving service too to him belongs. Love lifted me when no one but Christ could help. Love lifted me. What is your story, dear friend, this morning? God bless his word to you.